The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome to Afternoons with Mike Heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. And with me today in the studio, he's been here before. Glad to have him back. Curtis Partridge is Senior Systems Engineer for Lotus Management Services. And I remember, Curtis, that you deal a lot with uh, data security, uh, data management. Yeah, it's something that we all need in the world. We need to have an idea what's going on. And oh, so yeah. I've got lots and lots of questions for you today. Good. I know that everything that uh, you do uh, affects, uh, is in one way, uh, we are all affected by it. Let's put we it that are. way. Yeah, I mean, I have examples of not just companies affected, but individuals infected. And I, and I, and, and I have some uh, good, hopefully good advice today to help protect folks so and mike thank you for having me on i appreciate you inviting me oh back, my so. goodness i love it i loved it when you were here before and we talked again about data and the the breaches that happen and you know we we're living in a day and time you know it's ironic curtis when i think about it there was a big push a number of years ago for privacy and we heard yes. about that yep we heard that you know people were starting and i i can remember a season where it seemed that i got more mail i'm talking about <laughs> snail mail yeah, in, in from mail. the post office yep. uh on and all it would be is a privacy statement from this organization it might be a bank yep it might be an investment firm it might be an attorney's office but but it was like everybody you know i got the feeling like Everyone's legaled up. You know? Oh yeah, well, <laughs> and, and because there was a big compliance push, corporate, you know, across the corporate environments because of the government pushing, uh, you know, whether it was uh, in the financial services sector or if it was in uh, uh, any number of a lot of it depends too where the company served in, in customers. If they do anything in Europe, they have far tougher standards than what we have. Uh, it's called GDPR, and it's it's a very stringent set of, of privacy. Privacy. Yeah. So if, you'll yeah. notice now if you go to any website of a larger company, immediately you're going to get a button that accept cookies. Well, that's because of the drive from the European Union. Uh, that's not a U.S. initiative. But because that website could be seen in Europe, bigger companies have to protect themselves. So that's why you're seeing all of that. Um. Now, on that, yeah. you said could be seen in Europe. There are a lot of countries that put geofences, if you will, around their country on the Internet. And, and oh, yeah. it, yep. things are blocked. So when we use terms like the World Wide Web, that's not to say that you could be anywhere in the world and get it. Because some companies, I mean, some nations restrict the kind of Internet uh, access. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, China calls theirs the Great Firewall. Uh, North Korea, <laughs> the great fire. Little play that's, on the word there. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, North Korea has uh, obviously what few people have access to any internet there. Is that the hermit wall? Is that what that would? That be? might be. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they they are, you know, and I I believe that the, there's probably a lot of filtering going on in Middle Eastern countries where there's certain customs that have to be followed. I I wouldn't be surprised if. All right, so that is one part of my question. The second thing that you said that I know I see this a lot and I understand it to a degree, um, I think a lot of people are just confused by this term cookies. So yes. explain that, if you will. So what, many, many years ago, they figured out that they could take a little text file and put it on your computer and then later your phone, iPad, tablet. And what that does is it tells the website owner, you've been here before. You were here maybe three and a half months ago. Well, we need to update some images, things like that. So what initially it was a technical drive to help websites not have to push out so many bits of data. Oh, you already probably already have the pictures that we, you know, sent you three months ago. So we'll just, you know, allow your computer to put this website together with a little bit of new information. I know that sounds crazy complicated and it kind of is. But then advertisers figured out they could take that little text file and 
say, hey, you've been to a, the Adidas website already, and now you're at the Nike website. You're, you're definitely shoe shopping. And then they're going to be able to show you advertising based on the fact that you've visited these other sites already. I think everybody sees this kind of thing. Oh, yes. If you are a user, as we are with Amazon Prime, for mm -hmm. example. Yep. And I, I grow, you know, with all of the wonderful kind of uh, additions that, let's say, the Internet has brought into our shopping experience, there seems to be this rush that there's a negative uh, impact as well. And I, you start to wonder, is this really a good thing? Because here's what happens. You look one time on, on uh, let's say, Amazon. Yes. You do a search for shoes, You staying mm -hmm. with what you did. Then, then you're on Facebook. And then all of a sudden you start seeing pop-up ads for the very thing that you looked for on Amazon. Oh, yeah. And that's not an accident. No. It's not an accident not an at all. Accident. So these advertisers have grabbed a hold of the concept of cookies, and they're using it to track people's viewing habits, mm -hmm. their shopping habits. Yes. And, and is this legal, according to what people's privacy statements they thought they were? Yes, it is legal. Uh, you know, like I say, in Europe, they have to tell you we are going to you know, have these cookies, and here's why. In the United States, that is not a requirement. There so is. that's why sometimes you see a, that uh, a notice about, hey, do you accept the cookies right. or not? Right. And so it's not like they're not there if you don't see that, that notification. Right. Yeah. They're still Although there. They're still there. Yeah, even if you aren't seeing that notification, that just means the company has decided that they don't have any concerns about folks looking at the you know, possible repercussions from a European, from the European Union. Okay. So they're, they're not worried about it. I, most smaller companies, you don't have to worry about it. You know, the, the European Union is not going to come after you if somebody in France visits your website and you put a cookie on their computer. Uh, it's big companies that have to be concerned. So that's why you tend to see it on companies of, of, you know, websites of larger companies. So these larger companies are putting these cookies, which are by and large, at least in the beginning, they were innocuous, right? They were. Yeah, it was, it was to help... Lower, you remember back in the days of dial-up, you didn't want to download all those pictures again. Over, all over, huh? yeah. it took a while to get that. So the cookie could say, hey, you know, they've been here already. They have the pictures cached. You don't need to send those to me again. Yeah, and by cached, again, for some of our members listening that um, don't understand this computer term, that's just a way of saying and it's organized on your computer. There's a it's little folder locally. for it, yep. and it's stored on that computer, right? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of times I bring my wife when I talk to people because she translates this to English <laughs> for me. Well, which is so what I'm trying for, to do, thank right? Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yep. yeah. your wife's not here, so I'll take up when, that role. When here. you stay immersed in this, you forget that some of it is gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it is a, a form of language, really, that yeah. unless you are really adept at keeping up with things that are going on in the computer, I think most people use them. They just don't understand them. Yes. And, and I think an even larger number of people don't want to understand them. It's almost like, I just want to use this and go on about my day. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that we're living in a world right now where that's possible. I think we need to know oh, we to do. some degree yes. what's going on. Oh, we do. Because... And we think that this can happen online, but it can even happen just over the telephone that somebody can call you. I, I have a, a, a something that happened just recently in the last week. Uh, we support a local mission society that, that does a lot of work in Africa. And what they're doing is one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Great program. Been around for years and uh, really took a hold in, in a lot of African countries and nations. And they've got pastors on the ground who are implementing this natural discipleship, uh, taking the materials, translating it to the local language. Well, they had a, a, a pastor in um, Africa who had been with them for a, quite a while, had been with the organization at least a few years. And Saturday morning, uh, the leader here and uh, the executive director in Orlando got a call that, uh, and it was via the internet, it was an internet call, uh, FaceTime, that uh, with no face though. And all he said was, hey, I've got a serious problem. My wife and children were attacked by a group of Muslims because of, we're Christians, and uh, they're in the hospital, severe mm, burns. This sounds like a, a scam right up. Yeah. yeah. Say, I was two sentences yeah. in, I knew where it was going. Yeah. I need money. 
to yeah. cover their care. Now, for what would cost you tens of thousands of dollars in America, it doesn't cost that in Africa. The amount of money he asked for seemed legitimate. Um, the gentleman paid the money. He, uh-huh. he did transfer the money. Now, I explained to him to make him feel better about this. I said, look, understand that if, if you know anybody can fall for these, these guys are really good. And AI is going to make this even worse. We yeah. can go into that a little bit too. Yeah. But I told him, I said, look, you're a very caring individual. You have been your entire life. I've known you for many, many years. How would you have felt if you hadn't paid? Because you're probably not going to hear from this pastor because they probably have hacked his Facebook and everything else. So you're not going to have communication with him for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, if you hadn't paid, this would have aided your soul and and your conscience. So I assume that this, it probably wasn't a significant amount of money. He said, no, it's not life-changing money. It's just more embarrassing than anything else. And I said, you know, chalk it up to, you know, it's all God's anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's all the Lord's. And you, you felt like at the moment you did yeah. the right thing. Yeah. I had a friend one time that was hit by something very similar and it was uh, something that popped up on his computer and it said, mm-hmm. your computer needs to be updated in this area. And it, it all looked very official, looked like it was coming from something like Microsoft. And so he followed the prompts and I believe it was a $200 fee that yes. he paid. Yeah. And then he found out later that it had nothing to do with his computer. Nope. It was all just a scam. Yes. Yeah. They get in, um, they, they want to get remote access to your computer. Then they're going to get you to buy gift cards, but they're going to show you a number of things that look alarming, like your computer's infected. And it's not. And yeah, we see those. We get frequent calls about those uh, where folks have been um, or somebody's trying to initiate the scam and they'll stop and say, wait a minute, let me call my IT people and see yeah. what they say. So. Now, do you see any improvements at all since the last several years where oh, yeah. this has been you know, talked about for a number of years? Things are better than they were, let's say, 10 years ago. We have a lot better technology. The problem is the technology does not come with a computer. So when you go to Best Buy or go to Amazon and you buy a computer, you buy a laptop, it doesn't come with the technology to protect you from these things. And it does cost money. And okay. it's, you know, it, it, that's the downside of it is that there is an additional investment to protect yourself. But there are tools out there that are extremely powerful. We have a tractor dealership in uh, Pennsylvania that uh, we had, they had had an issue. They had had a financial loss due to a scam. And so we, they asked, okay, can you come in and do an assessment, put in a, you know, and tighten our security. Um, as soon as we were able to get everything implemented, it takes a couple of weeks. We found someone from the Netherlands who was operating in their computer network, found the programs they were using on the owner's computer to launch their attacks on their email system. And that's how they had initiated the scam. Wow. But it took, our security operations center in, in Maryland to get involved and in finding an analyst had to find it. So now, th- so there's some smart people out there that understand oh, yes. this whole, yes. uh, the, the, the makeup and mm-hmm. the folder system of these programs, the yep. operating system of both windows and in the Macs, the yes. Apple yep. uh, systems for years, Macs have been considered to be virus proof no. And uh, that's really not true anymore, right? No, not true at all. It, it's been some years. We we um, we went into a law firm uh, probably six or seven years ago. I would say about six years ago here in Orlando. And uh, they were severely infected. And it was a 100% Mac shop. But they had se- severe infections. And that has gotten worse. So the criminals now have, I mean, they know there's a lot of Macs. They've made the investment yeah. in being and learning how to attack them. Now, part of what, and I think this has been good advice for just about anybody, part of what kept Apple safe for so many years, Macs safe from uh, these kind of just rudimentary viruses that just popped up everywhere back in the, well, in the late 90s, 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah, Yeah, they were everywhere. Part of what they did was not allowing third-party uh, companies to come in and bringing apps into their mm-hmm. system. You had to be a Mac approved or Apple approved 
third-party system yep. in order to go on. And so the avenue into those machines were cut back dramatically because of that. It, it, yeah, the closed environment does help. Now, Apple has loosened that a bit for businesses to allow them to put custom apps in for employee phones and things like that. And that has opened issues. Uh, there is an issue actually right now. Uh, the FBI came out a few weeks ago and said, look, just update your iOS device, iPhones, iPads. We can't tell you why, but update. And the reason they couldn't tell us why we found out later is that they knew there was a vulnerability that was so bad that the user didn't have to click on anything. The user didn't even have to unlock their phone. And this could be sent by somebody by only knowing somebody's telephone number. That's how serious this was. Now, oh my goodness. It never got into the wild. It was found by a research firm. I had, they don't know of any infections that took place, but it was a bad vulnerability. So I would tell anybody out there, if you have an Apple device, manually update your Apple device to the latest operating system. Don't even rely on the overnight one because this is a pretty major upgrade and it won't upgrade overnight even if you have the phone or iPad plugged in if you have the alarm set. So when did that uh, update come out? Uh, it's come out in the past week or so that they've released that. All right, so. I did mine. I do have an iPhone. I did my update. And it's interesting because I was just on the line with one of our IT guys today, this morning, and talking about the fact that there were some changes in the operating of my phone uh, after I did that update. Yes. It, they're not huge changes, right. but I did notice a few things. And so we're trying to figure out why it would have done what it did. But you're saying that if you haven't updated your Apple device in the last week, you need to do it. I would, I, you know, if you, if you, right. If you haven't manually updated in the past week, um, and typically most people don't, they just rely on the automatic updates, which are pretty good. They work well. This one seems to hit a snag, like I say, if you have an alarm set. So just go into general about and look at the software update and mm -hmm. scan and see if there's one. Is available. there a particular name for this update or a number? That... I, I'm hesitant to put it out because they change them so fast. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the if it's one. listed from Apple, yeah. then that's what you need to do. Do you find that uh, there's any big difference in the reliability, let's say, of a Android or the iOS systems? Do you Do you like either one of them more? I, I lean more towards the Apple products. And I will tell you, number one, I think their integration's better. I think that their overall usability is better. Um, as far as the products, whether you're going Apple or you're going Android, Android tends to be Samsung, Google Pixel, those lines of phone. Hardware-wise, there's not a big difference. They okay. all have crazy cameras on them and all of that. But when it comes to security, my wife, Wife and I had an opportunity to meet Kevin Mitnick a couple of years ago. And uh, now Kevin Mitnick, if no one remembers, he was the first hacker that really landed a serious jail sentence back in the day. I would not have remembered that name. Yeah, he, yeah. he, was, he was big in the 80s and the 90s. He started doing what they called phone freaking, which was an old way of hacking the telephone system to make long distance calls for free. Oh, yeah. Okay, that I remember guy. this now. Yeah. yeah. He, the government was so scared of him that they kept him in solitary confinement. Wow. They were scared he'd hack his way out of jail. <laughs> um, Let's pick that up in a moment. I'm absolutely. up against a break. Curtis Partridge is here, and this is why I like having him here. Very practical, very helpful knowledge that we all need in operating our phones, if nothing else. Curtis Partridge from Lotus Management Services, my guest. I'll be right back. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. 
It is so nice to have you along with us today on Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. We uh, have guests here just about every program that are either local or national, but they all carry some information that is helpful to all of us, whether you're in Gainesville, whether you're in Ocala, the Villages, or Orlando listening to this program. uh, I know that uh, my guest today has some information that will really be of a of a blessing to you because he knows a lot of what he's doing. He's a software engineer, senior system engineer for Lotus Management Services. His name is Curtis Partridge, and Curtis has been on the program before. He's been on, on uh, Mark Goldstein's show as well, and Curtis uh, knows his stuff. And what we were just talking about, Curtis, this whole thing about uh, phones. I mean, there yes. was a day that... You were right. There was a day that people only had computers and what phones we had in the beginning. Well, when cell phones came out, I mean, I I will remember the very first cell phone I had was one of the Motorola flip phones. Oh, yes. All they did was make a phone call. That's all they did. Maybe text if you later on. Later on, but the first one didn't even do that. I mean, that was a big breakthrough. Yep. And I remember we had a ginormous amount of uh, minutes that was attributed. You know what they were? <laughs> Monthly minutes that our cell phone plan had. Yes. 45 minutes. I was going to say, my first one was singular, I think back in the 90s, yeah. had 30. 30 I, thought, I, I got one minute a, a day. month. Yeah. A month. Yep. <laughs> so when someone borrowed my phone, I mean, I was on oh, them like yeah. white on rice. Yeah, I'm telling you. The, yeah. watch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> You've been talking two minutes. And now we have this, these incredible phones. They call them smartphones. And, uh, you know, there are wonderful things they do, but then you have the dark side to technology. Oh, yeah. And a lot of parents have learned that the hard way with their kids. Yeah, I, I would not give a kid a phone. I really would not. I, I, you keep them off of it as long as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They're not just phones anymore. No, no, they're, they are computers. Um, more and more people I talk to only use their phone. And, uh, and, and now I'm beginning to advise people, you, maybe you can just live through life with a tablet. You may not even need a laptop anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I was in Nashville week before last for a whole week for a conference, uh, talking a lot about security. And they, I didn't bring my laptop. I did everything on an iPad. And uh, even this past weekend, I did some work. I, I'm an early riser. And mm-hmm. so I would go down to the lobby because we were in a hotel visiting grandkids. And I, and I would, you know, I, I was able to do all sorts of work on my uh, iPad. So, you know, my wife, we converted all of her computer work to an iPad a number of years ago. And you're yep. right. Now we bought one of these uh, external keyboards cases yes. yep. that fit in and it changes uh, it entirely. Yeah. So, it, you know, you have the touch and the feel of a computer laptop, but, but it, it is all now being done on this tablet kind of technology and, you know, with me, I, I still have some things that I need, a, a, a MacBook Pro or yeah, stuff we computer, do for the radio station. Thing. You know, there are, there are some needs that the uh, tablets just get a little bogged down with. But Well, and uh, here's what's pretty neat about that. I, I, and, and I want to go back up a little bit. You, you asked me Android and Apple, which one's better? And I wanted to finish that quickly. Kevin Mitnick, who we talked about, the, the, the hacker, he said, I'm not going to make a judgment call. Just like, I'm not going to make a judgment call today, but I will tell you this. I can hire somebody online to hack an Android for a couple thousand dollars. If I say, hey, Mike's got an Android. I want to in, get into it and find out what's going on. That'll cost you a couple thousand dollars. If Mike's carrying an iPhone, it's in excess of $20,000. Isn't that something? Because it's more secure. Well, and so that's the reputation that Apple has touted for years. And they've done a good job. I mean, they, they really, I, I, I have to commend them that they've done well when it comes to security. Now, here's another question that a lot of people in there asking me, uh, I, I know just a little bit about it. I, I work on computers, obviously. I program radio stations with computers. I've recorded music and video on computers. So sometimes I'll have some of my friends ask me, you know, uh, this this whole thing about safety what what do you do do you uh, do you 
not visit certain sites or do you have software that's loaded on? When people are concerned about their security, what do you recommend for them? Um, I, you know, I, again, I, I would, one of the things that people recommend a lot, my, my wife follows it. She does all the banking and does the accounting for the company. She will not visit a bank website on a Windows or even Mac computer. She will only use an iOS, iPad, or iPhone. Um, again, at the suggestion of those that really know this space, um, that that she's gotten that recommendation. Um, not use an i like even a MacBook Pro or whatever. Yeah, I would. This is again what the the huh. you know the official recommendation is for most folks is you really want to stay away from them. They're, they're not. And the reason is because they're so flexible. See, again, you can't, the typical person cannot install software on an iPhone or an iPad unless you go to the app store. And as you know, the app store is very filtered. We, we have an app that we publish every year. I have to pay Apple a hundred dollars for the right to publish that app. Mm-hmm. And then I have to renew what's called a certificate that says I am who I say I am. Our company is who we say we are. And we did make this app. Um, So we work with a third party developer on the app and they have to provide that certificate updated every single year. So that's why Apple has had so much more control. Yes. Because I think it's just been the wild west out there and other type of uh, apps, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because in a Windows computer or even a Mac, you can download and install anything you want. Matter of fact, there's an old, you talked about the the horrible days of the malware and the pop-ups and all that in the late nineties into the two thousands. I was in a training, uh, we were doing a session with a hacker last week. Uh, so every Thursday at noon, I spend an hour typically with a, a gentleman that uh, does some hacking in front of us. And he downloaded a program from um, the nineties, it was a, it was a little purple ape that used to dance in the corner of your screen. I can't remember the name of the thing, a bonsai something or other. Uh, yeah. And when he launched, installed that, we then watched on the background, the hundreds of processes and websites and servers that this thing was going out and it was a launcher. It was, yeah. it really was. Yeah. yeah. And so those programs still exist, but if somebody could stumble into that, per- you can still go download that crazy bonsai ape thing. And, and you know, some people may think it's cute. And in the background, heavens knows what that thing is. Doing. I mean, we know we watched it. Yeah. It was doing some pretty nefarious things. Well, I don't know how it ever got there, but years ago I was overseeing the IT. <laughs> That's a dangerous <laughs> thought right there uh, for me, but I was, and I, we somehow picked up a virus by just clicking on one of the, it could have been something yeah. l- similar to that where it was uh, an email and it had, and mm-hmm. sometimes people do it through Facebook. They do it through social media. They'll, they'll get a, this is a common one right now. You'll get a friend request from somebody that you're already a friend with. Yeah, where well they have uh, essentially cloned themselves. They've went to that person's profile, grabbed some pictures, grabbed some information, and make themselves seem legitimate. And they will reach out to you in Messenger with some story of, hey, I lost access to my old account. This is my new account. And I've played along before. I I will, for educational purposes, play along with some of these. I've played along with the Amazon scams on the phone just to learn how they're doing it. Oh my goodness. And, uh, and invariably on the Facebook ones. Oh, and by the way, I'm having some trouble and I need some cash. That's going to come out sooner or later, sooner or later, usually pretty quickly. Yeah. And so that, that's their goal. That's what they're looking for. I remember with the limited knowledge that I have, I was in the server room and I'm watching the backside, you know, at yeah. DOS level here, I'm watching these programs replicate themselves. And yes. like you said, it was adding program line after program line faster than I could think. And we were doing everything we could do to get it to stop. Because what a lot of them will do would just eat up the computer. They would just yes. just, just rob the computer of data. Of resources. Of resources. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, 
you know, and that's still one of the signs we look for if, if a computer is very, very busy all of a sudden. That's one that we actually monitor for that at our network operations center. We're looking for very busy computers. Yeah, processes. Yes. And then that will go over to the security operations center. Right. They say, hey, this is this machine's up to something. There's something weird going on here. So, so at, at the at the best, let's say let's move uh, pendulums here to one side and the other. Mm-hmm. At the least dangerous but most troublesome to you are if you get one of these viruses, they're they're just going to start tracking you and perhaps watching you if it's the most minimal impact on you. Would that be right? Well, yeah. I mean, what we're seeing is now they're becoming very targeted. These criminals are getting very good at their craft. And one of the things they're doing, we're finding, I, I read over the weekend, I was doing some research on this, uh, that the dwell time in the United States, and what we mean dwell time is how long the criminal lives in your system in the United States is on average about 70 days before they are detected. Or they pull off the big final kaboom, which shuts down your systems entirely and destroys all your data. But they're spending those 70 days learning about you personally, especially if you're a person of influence in the organization, because they want your authority, they want your identity. And then because they're going to use that to then get your employees to do things for them, whether it's over the phone, email, chat, whatever the case may be. So they want to become you. And then they also want to learn about your system. So we call it moving laterally. They'll get into a network and they'll move and they'll find the backup. First thing they do, turn the backup off. If they, if somebody's monitoring the backup, we monitor the backup for dozens of companies. So they'll say, oh, okay, that didn't work. They turned the backup back on. So then they'll figure out a way to corrupt the backup or the, you know, the, so they're coming up with multiple ways of attacking you and multiple revenue streams. And this sounds like the pendulum on the other end that I was, this is, is like I'm very sorry. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, very, this yeah. is very dangerous. But, that's the thing. Even if somebody gets in and they're just tracking you, that's why they're tracking you. They you want think to... that's the purpose for it? Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. We see it all the time. Now, it... sometimes I've, heard, I've had people say, I, whoever did this, they just wanted to mess things up. But it's probably no. much more serious than just being mean. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you've caught them early and they didn't do a lot, like you say, a lot of people assume they were just playing around. We used to call them script kitties. Because they were young people that were learning how to play with scripted programs to make changes to systems. Now, though, these are serious organized criminals. They are either working for someone in corporate espionage or organized crime and just collecting money, or they're part of a nation state. And my wife and I have been doing a lot of research into this. And we've got actually, we'll talk more about this down the road, but we've got a book coming out this summer that this is becoming a serious issue that nation states are launching these attacks. It Explain was, uh, what would be an example of that? So there was a group called Lazarus that uh, launched a that. launched an attack and injected bad code into a telephone system that's commonly used in the United States. And so it was injected in the code it manufactured. So when they shipped those phone systems, it was in there. Well, that was traced to the Lazarus Project. The Lazarus Project is sponsored by North Korea. Wow. Yeah. So they've infected. Uh, so that's the nation state you're talking about that's right the there. the nation yeah. state. Yeah, it's our enemies. Wow. So. Yeah, this is all very concerning. And I know people are, are more mindful, I think, than ever before. Giving out information on the computer, yes. one should never give their social security numbers Credit out. card numbers, yeah. Never, and, and, never email that stuff that type of data either. That's right. Because then it, there's a record of it. Yes. And that record could land up in the wrong person's computer. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you, there's also don't give it orally over the phone unless you absolutely know. Now, is that, is there a, a way that that can be done? If that, if yes. you know the person, is it safe to give or our, our communications, are they being listened to as well? Well, so I wouldn't worry so much about, Tapping phone lines or eavesdropping. I mean, I'm sure we have some governments, you know, with three-lettered organizations that have that capability and are probably using it when they deem it necessary. But as far as criminals, it's still difficult for them to intercept phone calls. Uh, There's a lot of security around that. Mm -hmm. But 
but what they can do is trick you into talking to them. The best thing to do is to hang up and then call the published number. And be careful when I say published number, don't Google the number and call that number. That's right. Because they will get that listed onto Google, the scam numbers for, you know, popular banks and things like that. Um, so know the number of your banks, put them in your phone. And then, you know, even if the caller ID pops up as the bank and you don't feel comfortable that that person's been able to satisfy your desire that they are yeah. who they say they are, just tell them, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to hang up and I will call the bank main number yeah. and, and deal with this. But thank you. you there's know, there's something so unsettling, isn't it, about these conversations when you can have that kind of a conversation and you're wondering, yes. is this person legit? Yes. I've had that before. I've been called and, by people and I'm wondering, do they really work for them? Well, and here's where we're going, that it may not be a person. So I was in Nashville last week and the gentleman did a presentation with uh, chat, uh, not, I'm sorry, not chat. Well, he did one with chat GPT, the artificial intelligence yeah, system. Yeah, AI, yeah. Then he did one with a voice system. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, he was able to create a telephone call where in front of us, he, call, he had the AI call someone and ask to reset his password. No way. Now, he said, I didn't train this voice. I downloaded some podcasts I appeared on and the system learned my voice and then used it to do that. And it's, oh a, it's free. Gosh. It's a free service. Oh my goodness. That, so all of the news that's come out the last two weeks about AI, yes. that, that needs to be paid attention to. Very much so. Yeah, we're going to see, you know, a lot of people think it's going to rise up and take, you know, Elon Musk said something great a couple yeah, weeks he ago. He did, yeah. Just pull the power. Yeah. That's all we got to do. But the scary thing is it's the subtle attack, the the the, the individual attacks and, and misinformation. That's yeah. what's scary. Well, this is so good. And again, the purpose for this program, friends, not to scare you. No, no. It's not to dr bring alarm uh, unnecessarily, but we live in times that are dangerous and right. we all need to have a little bit of understanding and a little bit of caution goes a long way. You don't want to throw caution to the wind no. when it comes to this kind of thing here. Yeah. Curtis Partridge, Senior System Engineer with Lotus Management Services, my guest on today's program. We'll be back with one more segment with Curtis coming up. Don't go away. Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Curtis Partridge from Lotus Management Services, my guest today on the program. He is the senior system engineer. He's been up here a couple of times, and what a helpful discussion we're having. I, I must confess, it's not the most, uh, let's say, joyful and, let's say, freely discussing things. We It's not like talking guitars for me, man. No. <laughs> now, I will say... There are a lot of people working on this. There yeah. are, I, I get together, I have uh, two or three groups that I, I work in because you have to collaborate. You yeah. cannot learn this on your own. And uh, like twice a year, I go to Nashville and spend, uh, they actually don't even put us near downtown. They get, a, get us out in the country because they want us focused for two days on security. And we actually talk with hackers in, a, in about 80 of us in a big room. And then we break into little sections and talk about how do you deal with this? How did you do that? And these are people that have hacked large corporations. Criminally and, speaking. Yeah, they, 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 they are felons. Are, are, they, are they there on the basis of some arrangement with the government or how did no, that no, work? No, they've uh, you know, turned their life around and said, let me use what I learned for good. And, and they really are. They're the, the, the nicest, just down to earth sweetest people you could ever talk to yeah, because they really have a heart for this. I mean, the one group I belong to with about 80 folks, our goal is to uh, help protect a million people. That's our united goal yeah. in doing this. So, Wow. Well, these are things that I think we all need to know. These are things that whether or not you're a businessman, and obviously if you are a businessman, 
you've got to be not only aware of everything we've talked about so far, but then there is this thing called ransomware. That's that's another, that's like next level stuff. That is the ultimate bad thing that could happen to a company. So for people who wouldn't understand what that is, give a brief explanation. It can come in easily. A lot of it comes in over phishing now. Uh, You click a link. It downloads a small program into your computer, unbeknownst to you. It does it in the background. And then what they do is at an opportune time, and they seem to love to do this about three or four in the morning over a weekend. They even love doing it more over long weekends. Easter weekend, we saw a spike. So what they do is they take all your files and they encrypt them. It's just gibberish. You can't read anything. Pictures, um, photo, you know, pictures, photos, documents, Excel spreadsheets, PDFs, scrambles it all, and then puts a little note on your computer that says, hey, if you want your data back, pay us some money. And then it's usually a large sum of money. And here's the scary, one of the scariest ones I heard was, they came and said, pay this much, and then you get your data back. And they said, no, we don't have that kind of money. I, I do know you have that kind of money because you have this much in this bank oh, and you come have on. that oh. much in that bank. And now, now you're going to go borrow some money because now we're going to raise it because you lied to us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They know that much about their target. That's what they use at 70 days. We were talking about earlier where they dwell in a system. They, they, they learn as much as possible to, to you imagine if somebody, yeah. imagine if somebody robbed you on the street, the more they know about you, the more they could probably get from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what can a company or what must a company do to avoid this ever happening to them? First thing you need to do is take get a, somebody to come in and do a penetration test and assessment of your systems. Penetration test means that somebody from the outside tries to get into your systems and see what they can see from the outside. They may send a link in. There's various tools they use, but you want to get that assessment, find out where you're at there. In fact, these are so important that we give away a couple a month. They're, they're expensive, but we feel that it's worth it for a company to find out, at least find out where you're at and then Mm -hmm. begin the journey to becoming more secure. Mm -hmm. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a switch. It's not go buy some software. It's a a lot of its culture Mm -hmm. is teaching people how to act securely. In this day, do you feel it's safe at all? on social media, let's say Facebook, to accept a friend request anymore? Is that really safe anymore? I would verify who, you know, really be sure who it is. And it also depends, too, your level of sophistication in using social media, that if somebody did try and scam you, you'd say, oh, hold on, this is not legitimate. But, you know, if, if you're... If you have any concern at all, pick up the phone and call the person. Say, did you just send me a friend request? Yeah, that's a, that's the only way I will do it anymore. I'm, yeah. You know, I've got, I, I don't know how many friend requests I have right now on Facebook. Oh, I deleted a couple this morning. They were, yeah. I mean, I click in and go, yeah, that's not legit. And so, so, and so friends, if, if uh, you are listening and you've sent me a friend request and I've not accepted it, it's not that I don't like you. It's just that I'm having to be very careful. Sure. Because of the fact that so many of these things, you you look at it like last night. I got one from a friend of mine that is a pastor's wife in England, a very well-known person. I'm already a friend with her. Right. And I got a friend request. Yeah. So that means her account has either been hacked or it's there's this thing called cloning now. That's what they're doing. They, 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 in that case, they are cloning. Absolutely. Now, so explain the cloning thing. What happens? Because I know that a lot of our listeners... This has happened to them. They get a, a request, a friend request from someone that they're already a friend with. So what the, the, the criminal has sat down and went through your profile and pulled pictures out, pulled out past memories, whatever the case may be, and then essentially just recreate your profile and then send out friend requests. And yeah. ultimately, they're probably going to ask for money or something at some point. So, that, I mean, that's a criminal behavior right there. Yes. Yep. And it's happening every day, maybe thousands of times every day. It used to be, you know, you could, I mean, I remember when we had 30 or 40 friends on Facebook and they were really real friends. Yeah. But it became much more than that, that it became casual acquaintances and then maybe somebody you bumped into or, you know, you know, maybe met at a convention or something. So it became much more loose. And so that's what gave the criminals this opportunity and why it seems to be growing. 
Now, there are other social media forums like LinkedIn, for example. Now, the business Business. world uses that all the time, and it seems to be, at least it seemed to be, a, uh, a safe platform. Do you consider it safe? I consider it safer than Facebook because people seem to be a little more stringent about who they'll friend on it. They'll... Because they're looking for business associates and not so much friends. Yeah, right. Networking. Yes. So they're a little more particular about who they, I I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but real estate agents have gotten into LinkedIn (laughs) to try and persuade folks that maybe they should sell their home when the market was really hot a few months ago. Um, So I really declined most of those requests because I'm not in the, I'm not selling my house. So. Um, so that was no business need or even personal need. For but even that would be not a, an illegal form. No, of, uh, none of it's illegal. If you no, will. none of it's illegal. Even yeah. making a cloned Facebook account, I you would have a hard time getting anybody to legally act on that. There's no clear cut law as to what, because it's public information they're gleaning. They didn't hack the other person to get the info. Typically, they just yeah. use what people have publicly shared. Now, my research, this is what I learned. I'd love to see if you agree with this, that what you need to do is, A, you need to contact Facebook right away and and include that link. There are little, oh, um, it's like three the three dots that you can click yes. on and, and you, you find out and you can report yeah. it. Yep. And then Facebook, my experience is Facebook's been pretty good about removing those uh, cloned accounts. That's good. Yeah, I don't deal with that side of it too much. Uh, we're we're so busy on the corporate side of protecting because they just people typically criminals don't use Facebook on the corporate side to attack companies and people. Yeah. Now they're probably using it to gather information, though. I would, you know, it's a good good way to to gather info. Man, I tell you what, I think of uh, all sorts of spy shows that I've seen. I think of NCIS. We we, we need a McGee working for us here, you know, where <laughs> yeah. uh, the, these guys understand how hackers work and maybe can work around that. But uh, Curtis, uh, this has all been very helpful, and I want to thank you for your help. And, and basically, uh, it's just something that everyone needs to take care. Don't click on things that you're unsure about. And, uh, you know, there's an old saying that I used to use all the time. I don't believe anything I hear and only a third of what I see. Oh, yes. But I think that that's really true when it comes to clicking. We need to not trust just about anything from anyone that we don't know. And maybe only a fraction of the people that we do know. We need to, to be very careful, vigilant, because clicking, we're one click away from having information stolen from us, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it really is one click. I can... I could create a, a link right now and send it to you. It would take me about five or 10 minutes. It'd take me a couple of days to do the analysis work, but you would click on the link and it does show you a box, but we only do that because we're saying, hey, we're doing this penetration test. But I could hide the box and then I could have all of your passwords. My goodness. And, and, and it's shocking when you sit down with an executive and say, here's your passwords and your employees' passwords. So things need to be taken care of, like the cloud is safe, yes? It is safe as long as you use a reputable reputable firm. Like uh, Quicken? Uh, Quicken, yes, reputable, Intuit. Their owner is is uh, what we call SOC 2 certified. And so they've someone, an outside company has come in and said, yes, you are doing things the right way, yeah. the way you should be doing it. I've used them all the way back to when I was doing it on a DOS 6.0 computer. Yeah. I that's how here. long I've been using Quicken. Yep. They're, that's amazing. Yeah, we still use it in our company. We use QuickBooks. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's really popular. Well, f- friend, thank you for all of this. Now, before you go, we've got only a couple of minutes left. Yep. I know that on a personal side, you've been dealing with something for some time now with regards to your health. Can you share us, uh, give us an update? Sure. Um, so I've been dealing with uh, cancer of actually May 2018. So it's my fifth anniversary here in May 2023. But I was diagnosed with cancer, colorectal cancer at that time. It spread to the liver, spread to the lungs, uh, went from stage three to stage four. I've had a lot of chemo. I was trying to add it up again the other day. It's somewhere in the ballpark of 50 or 60 rounds of chemo, including oral and then infusion. Um, lots of radiation, probably about 40 rounds of radiation um, and several surgeries. I believe more than half a dozen. Uh, it's been a journey. It really is, you know, yeah. it, it's a journey through trying to improve my health. 
Um, you learn to kind of um, manage your own steps through that health with the help of your medical team. But right now, I'm I'm feeling good. I had a great weekend. You look great. With, I had a great weekend with the grandkids and was active. Um, so I, I can't complain. Think life is good. So well, we're praying for you, I and that's the it. reason I wanted to bring it up is to have our listeners pray for you. And sure. this is, I mean, that kind of diagnosis is never fun to hear. Yeah. When it's you, it's doubly not fun to hear. And then on top of that, you've gone through, and you're actually in a break right now from chemotherapy right now, right? Yeah, I'm taking a, May, a month of May off. I'm, I'm doing a six, uh, 12-week run, six sessions. I'm four in and said, yeah, my body's gotten pretty beat up mm-hmm. at this point. Because it, it, you know, it, the damage accumulates over time. Chemo causes a lot of side damage. And so I'm taking a break for a month. I'll get back into it in June. So, so. in June, what will you be looking like for treatment for the rest of this year? Uh, we're going to have two rounds in June. Um, then we'll have some scans. And then the, the uh, what they call the tumor board at Advent Health will get together and decide the next step for, for mm-hmm. me. So, well, And there's a I, lot of folks in my boat. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, and that's why I wanted to, and I asked you with permission to bring this up because so many people are dealing with either that themselves or know someone in their family that they're dealing with it. It's so great to have someone with such a positive outlook as what you do. And my goodness, you deal with all these other things and you're having to deal with this on top of that. So, um, man, we're praying for you, Curtis. And and I have to say, it, it gives me time to... In the past five years, I have lots of downtime to research and study. So, yeah, you know, it, 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 there, I try and squeeze what blessings I can out of it. I love it. And a man of faith who's uh, walking through this faithfully. Yeah. Curtis Partridge from Lotus Management Services, my guest. So appreciate it. We'll have to have him back up here and give us more information as uh, needs arise and new things, new security breaches happen. Oh, yes. There's always something out there in that world. And friends, thank you for joining us as well. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd.